Sweet Tea Podcast. Here's your host, Andy Burrows. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. This is episode number 87. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows. And for today's start of the show, we have a very, very special guest, Talk Sports' own Mr. Will Gavin. Will, how are you, my friend? Hey, Andy, I'm really good. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for chatting to me. Always, uh, always have fun doing these things. And honestly, with like, what, like 30 weeks until the uh, NFL Sundays are back again, any chance to talk some football and I'm not complaining. Yeah, my friend, I'm the same. Us podcasters are now uh, wanting to talk football desperately with our no content happening on a Sunday. So, uh, Will, one of the um, one of the questions I get asked all the time, being a UK podcaster uh, covering the Washington football team like we have since May, a good buddy of ours, Hog Farmer Joe, uh, great of a part of a good group of um, guys over in the states who do a lot of work for the um, for the for the team. They're fascinated by someone over here in the UK covering a American sport to the extent that we do. And obviously, Will, you kind of, you do that. You work for Talk Sport over here. What I want to try and do today is explain to our American listeners, who we do have many, many, many listeners now, thankfully, just how big the NFL is over here in the United Kingdom and, you know, why we are so passionate about it, why we why we sell out Wembley Stadium with 80,000 people for like three or four games a season, why yourself host a, a radio phone in about this this game. If you had to, how would you explain why the NFL is so big over here? So I think the thing to be kind of clear on is that obviously this is a sport mad nation. Like, you know, we consume our biggest shows over here much like in the states are all around sport and football and even when you work in the sport media you know football is very much the king and by football i mean soccer our our form of football but you just have to look at the growth over the last 11 or 12 years since they started bringing games here on a regular basis and I know that there was the big boom in the 80s and early 90s, and there's a huge number of fans still from then. And in fact, a lot of Washington fans, for example, come from that era. For me, you've really seen the new generation take it on, thanks to uh, the accessibility that the internet has brought, the TV Mm -hmm. coverage that's been brought by the likes of Sky, radio coverage by ourselves, um, being able to access the NFL network on Game Pass or being able to access highlights any time of day you want to watch them. So suddenly the, the time difference isn't a huge restriction. And I tweeted out the stat the other day about the, the TV figures. Which, four million, um, wasn't it? Yeah, more than four million people watched Super Bowl mm-hmm. 55. Uh, you know, the average audience was over a million for the entire time. And the weekly audience for, for Sky Sports TV coverage of the NFL was up 34% year on year. And there'll be people who want to point it and say, yeah, but there's a pandemic, so more people are more likely to stay up for things, more be more likely to, you know, not have to worry about getting up for work the next day, all that kind of thing. It still just shows it's exponential growth. And to give an example, the most recent figures we have for the rugby premiership final Admittedly, international rugby is bigger than club rugby in this country, but rugby mm-hmm. is, in theory, a British sport. The latest figures for the final in the Premiership rugby had the audience averaging at just over 300,000. Yeah, There's nearly four times more people watching the NFL than there are watching rugby, which is, in theory, our own sport. Now, that changes with the home nations and whether things are on you know, free-to-air TV and that kind of thing. But honestly, I think that the growth here, somebody said to me, oh, if the NFL was going to get popular here, it would have already happened a few years ago. And I'm like, that's ignoring the fact that we've all got high-speed internet in our homes. We've all got devices that we carry around with us all day, every day. That means we can constantly be consuming media. We've got podcasters like yourselves, like myself, providing content, 365. And it's gone from being a, a sport that garnered a little bit of kind of passing interest, kind of you know, almost like a, a little bit of intrigue to something which is obsessively watched by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. I think, yeah, it's it's big here now and people need to accept that. 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, a lot of people have we've mentioned on this podcast many times. You know, I'm a I'm a UK podcaster, quote unquote, talking about the talking about the Washington football team. You know, we're putting out three shows a week now, and you know, talking about the NFL. And you know, there's a few. I, I think uh, like the Atlanta Falcons over here, they've got a humongous their podcast is humongous. You know, so I think it just speaks volumes. And like you sell yourself, you you talk about this on the radio now. If I had gone back to the early 90s late 80s there's not a chance in hell that you would have had a phone-in show on the radio talking about the nfl is there and you see it like when you talk about that idea you used to i mean a lot of people from that era would talk, tell you about air forces radio yeah. like one game a week live and you know leaning out of their window with a crappy radio <laughs> catching. but the fact is is that that's not something that was specific to a british audience yeah that wasn't a product that was tailored and I think what's doubly interesting to me about the way the NFL is covered here is that for a long, long time, and you still see it and they still have to do it in the playoffs. Like I get annoyed when people get frustrated with people like Neil Reynolds, who has to, who has to walk such a tightrope mm-hmm. between appealing to new fans, explaining the game, making sure that nobody ever feels excluded yeah. and making sure that hardcore fans are tailored for as well. But you would have never seen explicit programming made for British audiences yeah. and between the BBC highlights program, between what we do on TalkSport, between the live coverage, everything else that's out there, there's so much just purely focused British media for it. It's not mm-hmm. just here is a repackaged version of what you're getting from the States. It's we're making something for the British audience. And I think what always stands out to me about that is that when I'm doing rather than the specific American sports show, but when I'm actually doing on talk sport, doing the phone in, doing uh, overnights, whatever it is I'm, I'm hosting. If we ever get a conversation going about American sports, about the NFL, then I start getting geeky as I will do and start, <laughs> you know, chatting away. We've had people who like, when we put the live games on to talk sport over the last couple of years, Great rather coverage. than talk sport Great too. Coverage. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, like people who are saying, I got into the NFL because listening to people talk about it with knowledge and with passion made me get excited about mm-hmm. it. You know, it might be a sport that I think uh, particularly Americans may not understand it because they've grown up with it, but it can take three, four years of being a fan of it before you can really feel like you're actually understanding, you know, yeah. on a down-to-down basis, I get that. you can identify a defense, you can figure out what's being done, what the play call is. What Like, it takes a while to, to establish that, and Yet when we're talking about it in the nerdiest of terms, people are buying into it because they enjoy the passion, because they enjoy the, uh, you know, the in-depth knowledge. And I think that it's only going to grow more and more as there's more accessibility to it. Yeah, I say that to a lot of like a chat. I've said many times on this podcast, I said I've been supporting Washington since the year 2000. But it's, it's so right what you say there about you know, it takes a long, long time to learn this game. When I first started watching the game, I couldn't tell you a safety from a free safety to a middle linebacker to a linebacker. You know, all these things take time. And what like the likes of yourself are doing, and you mentioned Neil Reynolds there. I mean, that guy is, for me, is unbelievable what he does. I mean, he's taken over from the great Kevin Cadle there, the great man, may may rest in peace. And, you know, Neil sometimes gets a bad rap for what he does. And I'm like, you are right there. He, there could be someone watching Sky Sports coverage for the very first time. There could be someone listening to you on Talk Sport for the very first time, you know, and, and that's the way this game has evolved in this country and the, and the way that, you know, hence why I sit here now and do a, I do a podcast. If you had said to me this time last year, Andy, you'll be 87 shows in as we are doing this one with yourself today, that you'll be hosting an, a, a Washington-based slash NFL podcast. I would have thought you were crazy, you know, but it, it's just the way the game's evolving over here. Um, one of the big questions, Will, that you've probably been asked a million times and I've asked a lot of the, I asked Jeff Reinbold this, everyone come up with a similar answer i personally think it's going to happen will we have a franchise in the uk within the next three to four years i've had different views some obviously we're all saying the london jags as an example because they are they have the deal over here at the moment with wembley and white hart lane in your opinion could you foresee a circumstance where we do have a full-time nfl side in uh, in london for argument's sake do you know what's interesting is that I was and have been for the last decade a big drum thumping, absolutely, I think it would work, I think it will happen. And this partially it's because when you're working with them, when you're speaking to people, when you're speaking to behind the scenes, you hear conversations, you hear people who admit that conversations have happened, you see plans, you see, and they would 
I mean, Roger Goodell talked about it. They definitely intended to have a team out here by kind of the early 2020s. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's been a little bit of a movement away from that. In the last couple of years, more as they're looking at expanding the season, as they're looking at doing 17 games, which could lead to bye weeks, which opens up far more opportunity mm-hmm. for games at neutral site venues and international games. That actually increasing the coverage here rather than bringing a team here feels like it's more the direction it's going in. That being said, what I imagine before anything else, and I'm not saying this is happening or going to happen, but what I can see happening before we get a full-on franchise here is the Jaguars are upping the number of games they do in London. Yeah, so I agree with that. Starting with if we get games in London this year, and who knows if that's going to happen with. COVID-19, but I could imagine the Jaguars doing two games here next season and going forward. And eventually, you know, who says that it wouldn't be a four home, four Jacksonville, eight road-like type schedule for them. They've started to test it out. We're seeing teams, like, the big focus was going to be getting a team doing back-to-back weeks, and that Mm -hmm. was meant to be happening last year, and then didn't happen, obviously, because we didn't get any games out here due to coronavirus. But Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I've cooled on it. But I still absolutely think that if they decided to do it, it would work. I think that logistically you can make it work. If the money works, the NFL will make it work. And this idea that obviously you've had, you have hardcore fans. You know, your listeners aren't going to stop supporting Washington <laughs> because a team moves to London. Yeah. But casual fans, fans who maybe like, there's guys who I work with, for example, who probably have only really started following the NFL in the last two, three years. I remember I first joined TalkSport in 2012. And Ollie Hunter, who co-hosts uh, the Gridiron Show podcast with me, he was like the only other person in the sorts of office who had any preference or inkling to the NFL. And we immediately bonded over it. Mm-hmm. I can remember coming into work maybe 18 months, two years ago, and our football editor at the time, as in soccer editor, came up to me and asked me, for some fantasy advice. And I thought he meant fantasy Premier League at first. And then he was like, with Drew Brees' injury, do you think Alvin Kamara is going to suffer this week? Or actually, could he see more carries? And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what is this conversation? Where has this come from? And um, (laughs) like, I think it's those casual fans that will be targeted. There's guys here. There's guys who are Steelers fans. But they've never been to Pittsburgh. They have only been following the NFL for two or three years. It's the team that they've latched on to for whatever reason that they have. Maybe they have family there. Maybe, you know, it's the team they first saw and they liked. I know people who went to the first Super Bowl they watched, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. who will either, if you start watching a team eight times a year, if you start watching a team every other week or week in, week out when they're doing their stints here, you can't help but root for them. Mm -hmm. So it'll either become a strong second rooting interest for people who they will support when their team, as long as they're not playing the team that they support mm-hmm. or it will become the first team for a lot of people i think a lot of people will have had another like i've always said if it was the jags for example i mean i'm a 49ers fan yeah uh, but they would instantly become my afc team as it were and unless like it was the once in every four years they play each other or unless it was in the super bowl i would root for them to win every week because success for a london team means more nfl fans which means more coverage which you know is better for me for the sport I love getting more coverage here so mm-hmm. yeah I think you would find that people would latch onto it a lot better than they would even though the dissenting voices of you know the NFL UK fan groups on Facebook etc will tell you it'll never work because I'll never stop supporting the team I support mm-hmm. that's not what they care about they care about getting bums on seats and eventually you're rooting for them because you can't help but root for them because you're watching them and you're in the stadium and you'd rather see success than failure. Yeah, most definitely. I I, I 100% agree. I think it generally will happen, whether it's the Jags, whether I'd love it to be Washington, but you know, that's just me. But um, Will, how did you, um, how did you get into this great game? Obviously you said there that you're 49ers. We now listen to you on talk sport. You have an amazing podcast. How did the NFL, how did you find the NFL? So I'd had a bit of a passing interest in it when I was younger and, you know, I'd watched a couple of Super Bowls. I'd had friends who were really into it, but um, 
it comes really from my uh, my dad worked for a company that were based in Silicon Valley and worked for them here in the UK but he'd go out there in three four months of the year he'd be working there he'd be back and forth and so I went and started spending a bit of time out there like I had a couple of summers where like off school I'd go and spend two or three weeks there and then you can't help but kind of get caught up in it. You watch your first ever game you know, in a bar or in a hotel or yeah. you go and see your first game. And then you and then I went to university and, you know, I found other friends that liked the NFL. I actually joined our university American football team for a while. What position um, did you play? Obviously, an offensive lineman. Look at me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be a live wide receiver, am I? Uh, <laughs> but like... I. I just latched onto it more and more. And particularly as university went on, went from, you know, watching the Super Bowl and highlight shows to staying up every Sunday night, watching 12 straight hours of football to staying up every Monday, every Thursday. Was Thursday night? When did Thursday night football start? It must have started while I was still at uni. I hope so, at least. Otherwise, I'm going to feel really old. Yeah. And yeah, I I think like a lot of fans, it was a a kind of a gradual love. I, I... it wasn't something I love, I, I, you know, work at TalkSport, she pointed out, I can't, I love sport. I mm-hmm. watch, you know, I'm the sort of person who when the Olympics are on, I will become the biggest deadlifting fan you've ever met in your <laughs> life. And I will learn all the stats and the history. Yeah. And, you know, I will get really, really, if, if there's a competitive edge to it, I will get into it. There are very few sports I'm really not a fan of. Yeah. But it went from being something I kind of had a passing interest in to something I really loved over the space of three or four years. And, and yeah, now it's hands down. People ask me, they go, is it your favorite sport? Because as you can imagine, I mean, you I know, get that a lot. Sport, yeah. football is king. You know, the top five sports here are football, 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 and football. Yeah. As much as our cricket coverage is great, as much as our rugby coverage is great, it mm-hmm. is all about football. That's what does the website clicks. That's what brings the listeners in. It's what gets the callers in. But people will ask me, they'll say, like, what's your favourite sport? I'll go, it's the NFL. It's, yeah, same. Uh, honestly, I'm not even sure it's close either. Yeah, people get shocked when I say to them, because I'm, I'm a massive, for my sins, I'm a massive Tottenham fan. We won't... Oof, you know, yeah, rough I'm, today. Very rough today. Let's, let's, I've been depressed all day, Will. But people ask me all the time, what do you prefer, Tottenham or the NFL in Washington? And I say, look, my passion, you've only got to go on my, you've only got to go on my Twitter and stuff. And 24-7, I'm about you about the podcast. I'm talking about the Washington football team. Days like today, we'll fit in and out with a little bit of Tottenham chat and how terrible they are. But nine times out of 10, I'm on social media talking about the NFL. I'm talking about the draft. I'm talking about... What? You're a real glutton for punishment between starting to follow Washington <laughs> at the turn of the century and being a Spurs fan in, you know, an era where they've had probably the least success of their yeah neither of my teams will i'm not gonna lie to you i think i've seen spurs win two league cups one fa cup uh i've seen washington play two playoff road games two playoff home games and i've never seen us win a super bowl (laughs) that being said like i started following the 49ers around 2000 2001 as well probably around a similar time and that was just as they went terrible. And okay, we had the the last season stints. was quite good. It was pretty good, but it was heartbreaking. It's like okay, ultimate first world problem there. I was about to go. It was heartbreaking being there and watching us lose. But obviously, getting to go to a Super Bowl is yeah. the most ridiculous thing, and getting to see your team in one is even more so. Um, I was <laughs> when I when we did that game. So the, the setup we ended up doing was rather than we get the NFL have this fantastic thing where they get either recent former players or guys who are like right on the fringes of rosters. So have a good chance of being out of the league in the next two years. Mm -hmm. And they run what they call is a broadcasting boot camp. And over the course of the season and the off season, they get them in NFL network, they get them in ESPN, they get them in on radio shows and they kind of get them learning what it takes to be a former player in the media. And they used to provide us with, I remember the first year with Bruce Gradkowski, who is now a PFF uh, who else have we had for them? Oh, we had um, Wesley Woodyard from the Titans, who was superb a couple of years ago. Um, and Mike Adams, who's now back coaching as well. Um, but last year for Super Bowl 54, uh, we ha- they had four players. And they were like, well, rather than... They always bring four or five to the Super Bowl. Now, well, rather than just giving you one of them for the game, could you kind of rotate the guys in as like... 
uh, you know, doing a bit of analysis, like studio analysis, like yeah. on the TV. And so rather than have me and Nat hosting, I, we ended up doing a three-man booth on the radio. So our commentator, Shane Vereen and myself, and I was kind of being... I think I've seen the picture guy, on Twitter with you all guy. standing next to each other. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a huge team that was. But, uh, <laughs> um, as we started to lose that fourth quarter lead, and me and Shane Vereen had chatted about my first ever Super Bowl I went to was the one he won at 49. And we kind of bonded a little bit. As you saw that lead slipping away, at one point he just, just slipped his arm around me and just gave me a little pat on the shoulder. And I was just like... Just it hurt. It hurt a lot. But you, you know, I, it's part of what I love about the NFL, though, is that it's all about one thing. When people get angry about teams like trading for a quarterback, that might be the final piece for them because it oh, gives. I'm a Washington fan. That's all we picks. talk about is quarterbacks. <laughs> but like, you take what Los Angeles are doing. Matthew Stafford are going. They've already screwed themselves with these contracts in three and and the number of picks they've given up in three years' time. There's no way it's sustainable unless the cap mm. goes up massively with these new TV deals they're talking about. So, you know, you've probably got a one or two year window. Improve the most important position, even if it's going to cost you future picks. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like, there is one aim in the NFL that's to win the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. And if you're not trying to do that, then I don't understand the point. Now, for some teams, like with Washington, with Ron Rivera coming in, uh, like where he was in Carolina, you have to look mm -hmm. at it and say, that's not a one-season prospect. That is a three, four, five-year project, yeah, potentially. That's what you need to remember. But you're still aiming for one thing, and that's what I love about it, is that it all comes down to that one big Sunday at the beginning of February, and yeah. you know, only one of 32 teams is going to end the season happy. Yeah, I mean, Will, as someone that covers the game, and obviously we are a Washington-based podcast, what are your opinions and views of what's gone on in Washington? And what's always, a, it's always crazy out there with what we do. It's we are, Thankfully, we haven't had any edit yet. Touch wood, knock on wood. We haven't any had ownership drama yet this close season, but we're only February. Um, what is your uh, expert opinion on what you've seen from the Washington football team as we're only going to be called for one more season? It's just been announced that we will get on later and into the show. Um, what's your whole opinion on the Washington franchise right now? Yeah, look, I, I've never been shy and I'd maybe saying it on a uh, Washington podcast. Um, I've never been shy about not being a Snyder fan, not mm -hmm. being a fan of the way that they've handled everything around the name. And, uh, you know, I've actively, well, I mean, ever since we started Gridiron in 2012, we never used the old nickname. We decided it's not yeah. in the magazine, it's not on the podcast. It's always been that case. So I was delighted. And, and the last year, not only changing the name, but bringing in a brilliant coach in Ron Rivera. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm a huge Alex Smith fan. But the way they stuck by him through one of the most uh, phenomenal comebacks, that franchise has gone from being, you know, one of as a neutral a franchise that I didn't necessarily care for their success to one I have started to kind of actively root for on the That seems the to be outside. the general feeling, Will, to be honest. We've gone from someone that's like, everyone was just like, oh, the the Redskins, they've got Dan Snyder, they've got, you know, Bruce Allen, you know, they they run really poorly. And hearing you say that just uh, resonates with me and how well we have turned around. And only one season, like you said earlier, is a building process, two, three, four, five years. But to hear you say that, even like someone like yourself who covers the NFL for a living, to even hear you say, Say that is kind of testament to what Ron Rivera, Jason Wright, um, Julie Donaldson, or like all the everyone over there is, is, is doing, really, isn't it? In Washington, yeah, and look, there are other people, I, I particularly you know, guys like Doug Williams, who's mm -hmm. been there with the franchise for a few years, back there with the franchise, as it were, for a few years now, who have been doing good work ever since what well, he came back in in like 2013, 2014, yeah, end of 2013, yeah. We um we had Doug on. We did a special hundredth anniversary of the NFL podcast, and um, Matt Sherry, who uh, created Gridiron Magazine, wrote a book about the hundredth anniversary. And because Doug Williams is very significant in terms of BAME players playing mm -hmm. the quarterback position, we ended up speaking to him for maybe 25, 30 minutes that Washington set up for us. And that's another thing. Washington as a team, someone covering it, have always been phenomenal. Great PR staff. Yeah. Whenever they when they came over, they were brilliant. They always provide us with people when we ask for it. Like there's a lot to like about the way the team is run. Yeah. It's just not at the ownership level. Did I feel that was the case? And I still kind of feel that way, but there's a lot to like about where the team's going. I, I jokingly said that. Look what happened with the 49ers when they had four 
first round picks on the defensive line and suddenly they turned into a Super Bowl team seemingly overnight. I don't think Washington are there yet. And yes, the course of acquisition is a huge part of that, is a huge question mark. Always is. There are a few guys that I like in this draft who might get as far as Washington, but I don't think will. It's that difficult thing of it's great that they've turned around in one year, but it means that they're going to find it yeah. a more difficult. A lot to... of people. Do you see maybe <laughs> us? Could you see us trading up for a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, I always again it's back to that same thing. Most important position in football. Yeah. People always talk about quarterbacks, but you need that. If we haven't got, but in Washington, we had a little glimpse of it with RG3. We're still, is it still quite worrying to me that we're still searching for that, you know, that guy, the main, the franchise quarterback. It still, it still annoys me that we still haven't got him since RG3 and we all know what happened with his injury and stuff like that. So, you know, you've had it with Garoppolo in, in, in San Francisco, you know, so we've all had these issues. That, that was the moment for me, by the way, when we talk about the when there was a real opportunity for the franchise to turn itself around like it looks like it might be doing now. Mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan should probably still be coaching in the NFL. As much as we get excited about Kyle Shanahan and he has been a revolution in San Francisco, uh, Mike Shanahan is you know, the real author of this offense that is now being run in San Francisco and in Green Bay mm-hmm. and in you know Cincinnati and in literally <laughs> everywhere that's got someone from his ridiculously dense coaching tree and when RG3 came in as well and I was like right now do it change the name now get this huge brilliant PR rush with it have RG3 as the new face of your franchise and at that point we never knew we didn't know that uh, he had a sensational rookie season, as good as any in the last decade. Best I've seen, I think. We, 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 we never knew that it was going to go down the horrible direction it ended up going in because of the injury and that he never really recovered from it. But that felt like the moment and it was a missed opportunity. I hope now with Ron Rivera that they back him in a big way. There is clearly cap space there. Um, I yeah, I, I'm kind of hopeful. I'm hopeful that Washington can become a relevant team in a in a division that's got you know, the Cowboys in it, who I obviously hate as a 49ers fan. And yeah, I... I, I we all I hate them, don't worry, Will. We all hate them. <laughs> uh, Will, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk a little bit of football with us. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you, when they can find you, and how they can get your amazing content that you put out, because it truly is really good, really, really good. It's too kind, and you're being far too kind throughout, <laughs> but I will allow it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, just find me at Will Gav on Twitter, or you can find all the Gridiron stuff at Gridiron, at UK Gridiron. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up with Gridiron in the build up to the draft. I, I honestly, I'm not just saying it because he's a friend of mine and because he writes for us. But Simon Clancy, for me, is the best British draft expert I know. Like, no one else has taught me more about college football, about Mm. draft prospects. And we're going to be announcing something very exciting very soon about the build-up to the draft, revolving around the hard work that Simon's been doing. So keep an eye out for that with the gridiron stuff. And then on TalkSport 2 on Sunday nights with Matt Coombs, doing that show is always really good fun. So, yeah, just, uh, just keep an eye over it. Social media, all that good stuff. We will do. Will, I can't thank you enough for your time, my friend. I hope I get the chance to sit down with you again as we get closer to the uh, to the season and uh, talk more football with you, Will. But Will, seriously, I mean, a lot of people ask me about the, the UK and how we cover it. You're one of the main guys out there now. You know, we hear your voice. We, we listen to you on the radio. You do great work with the gridiron. I, I, I would genuinely mean this, my friend. Keep up the uh, keep up the awesome work you're doing, buddy. It's very kind, sir. Very kind. And honestly, anytime. Just hit me up. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with part two of the DC Tweet Team podcast, talking some more Washington football in two secs. Welcome back to the DC Tweet Team podcast. I am still your host, Andy Burrows, but now I am joined by my good buddy from the HTWR podcast, Mr. Freddie Ham. Freddie, what's up, brother? What's up, Andy? Thanks for having me. No worries. And our very special guest as well, Mr. Josh Kirby from the Kirby on Sports podcast. Josh, what's happening, my man? Andy, I, I'm doing all right, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I I love the support that the Washington football team is have has all the way in the UK. It's really great to see. Ah, uh, thanks, my man. We just uh, I just like talking football, and uh, yeah, 
keeps me away from the wife. Um, guys, we are back uh, talking a little Washington football now. Uh, Freddie, uh, Josh, it has been announced last week. It's now official. We kind of all knew that we have one more season left as the Washington football team. Our new name will be with us in 2022 and with us for hopefully the rest of our history. Once us guys are all long and gone and our kids are long and gone, we hope this name will stay. Freddie, what are you thinking? Uh, we kind of knew we've met with Jason Wright over the last few months and we knew this was happening. What's your what's your thoughts and views on us being something new come 2022? Uh, my thoughts is that there wasn't a whole lot to talk about this week and they're trying to keep <laughs> the buzz going. So, hey, we're going to put out some news that's not even news. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew about this months ago that yeah. we were going to be playing under Washington football team for at least another year. So, I guess the news is that there will be a definitive name come this time next year, I guess, that it'll be set in stone. Uh, but I, mean, I still I still lean towards the whole Washington football team or Washington football club thing. Uh, you know, and, and here's another thing. Let's say we continue to build on our success and we get back into the playoffs and we get a playoff win or we get two playoff wins, you know, then it's like, Hey, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a whole lot of ado about nothing. Nothing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh, where do you sit on the whole one more season as the Washington football team? Are you like Freddie? Would you be happy to stay? I've said many times I'm European. We're kind of used to football team, football club uh, over here in the UK. Where do you sit with the whole, Washington football team uh, name and the new name coming in 2022. Well, I I, I mean, it's the, to be honest, when they first announced the name was going to change, I was like, man, this is terrible. I, I, the thing of racism and everything came into play. And I was like, I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But I mean, still it, the, their former name what there was a lot of history behind it, a lot of history with the players and stuff. And the one thing I was concerned about is like, wh- how is our history going to be represented? All the great memories, Doug Williams winning the Super Bowl, Joe Gibbs, Clinton Portis, Sean Taylor, all under the old Washington football team name. But now that Washington with the new redesign, the Washington football team, I, I'm not. I'm not really against them keeping the name. I I don't have an issue with the name, but um, I I mean you know like Freddie said, if um they can build momentum and get a playoff win or two, maybe they'll be superstitious and keep the team the Washington Football Team. I mean, uh, every other NFL team has a mascot. I think Washington's unique, and they, they had to do it because they were getting like strong-armed and the investors were saying, Oh, we're not, we're not going to sponsor you this year or anything. If you keep this name. So obviously it was a short turnaround. So they named it the Russian football team. And now that they played the season, I sort of am used to the Washington football team. So, I'm not really against it if they wouldn't change the name, but I'm not sure. I don't really have an idea of what they would change the name to if they moved forward in changing the name. Yeah, I, I, we had Fred Smoot on uh, last week's show with the, the Red Wolves debate come up. Uh, Freddie, you know how I feel about Red Wolves. You've mentioned it on the HDWR podcast many times. Josh, could you get behind the, the name Red Wolves? We know what me and Freddie think about it. Honestly, I'm going to be a fan either way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm one of those guys. I mean, Red Wolves, eh, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, the whole name thing, it's not going to change the fact that I'm still a Washington fan. Can't hop the bandwagon or anything. I'm a loyal fan. Win or lose, I'm a loyal fan of the Washington football team, whatever their name is going to be. And I'm going to represent by getting their gear. Whenever they change the name, I had to go out and get some Washington football team gear since they changed the name. And I mean, I, I'm not really for it. I'm not really again. I'm sort of neutral. I mean, because whatever their name's going to be, um, I, I'm still going to support them. 
Yeah. I mean, Freddie, we we have much fan engagement now. We've we've done it ourselves with Jason, right, with Julie. Do you think the fans will have much say in what this new name's gonna be, or do you think it's already chosen now and this year will really be about branding, marketing, getting everything in place? So, like you say, this time next year, we are ready to hit the ground running. I think that people who get paid a whole lot of money <laughs> to brand and create things and get people emotionally invested in things so that they will open up their wallets to it uh, and understand the mentality of people and, you know, the way that we are loyal to this team, as Josh said, no matter what they change their name to. Uh, I think that people who are a lot smarter than you and me, who get paid a whole lot more money than there you and me. There are many people out there a lot smarter than me and you. Um, my, my point is, I think a lot of those people <laughs> Um, are really good and will have a plan in place of how to make people want something that they didn't know that they wanted and ask for something that they didn't know to ask for, if that makes sense. Sounds like a Saturday night out with me. <laughs> but now you are, you are, you are right, Freddie. I mean, like like Josh said, we're gonna we we're in now. We're we're Washington at the minute. We're Washington football team fans. We were Washington Redskins fans. You know, uh, the Wizards were the Bullets. There's you know name changes happens, but like Josh has said, and Freddie, me and you have said on many a podcast, we're here no matter what. What are you gonna do? Stop supporting the team? So right. You know, it's good that the team have announced it's like you say it must have been a a slow uh, a slow news week and to to announce something that we all pretty much knew but something else that got announced that not we've touched on it slightly but um it's going to come into effect in the 2021 season i'll start with you josh what's your whole opinion of the 17th game now um i've spoke to a couple of people over here in the uk journalists recently uh, about doing some future shows and stuff and we got talking about it and at the minute, I think it's all well and good. Maybe having 17 games, it gets you another, you know, it's all about money. It gets you another week of the season. You might have two bye weeks now. Um, but then they're saying, where does it stop? Do we then in two years time go to an 18th game? Do we then go to a 19th game? You know, everyone, like, we're already pining for NFL football. We're only in February. We can't wait for free agency. We can't wait for the draft. You know, people are pining for more NFL football. Where do you sit with the whole 17th game, buddy? Well, from what I've heard, the NFL wants to cut back on the amount of preseason games, which I'm all for. There's no way there should be four preseason games anymore. At the max, two. And with the cutback of the preseason games, I think it's great they want to add in one more week to the season. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go into playoffs and stuff. If anything else changes with that, I know the playoffs were expanded this year with the Super Wild Card Weekend, which was great. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, it, in my opinion, I like it. It's an extra week of the season. Um, but I'm not sure, you, you know, like, I'm not sure how that goes into, like, if it's going to play a factor in the season ending later or the, potentially the Super Bowl getting pushed back or something. I'm not sure how the scheduling is going to work, but I I like the idea. And um, I don't think they're going to necessarily in two years extend it one more week. I just think this is something the NFL has been talking about for a really long time, and they want to cut back from the preseason games and add an additional game, which I like. I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I think it will just add more competition and one more week that that's one more extra chance that these teams have to potentially make it into the playoffs but I mean it's still pretty early I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out during the actual NFL season but I, I like it I, I, yeah. I really I, I like it Freddie, where are you sitting with the 17th game? Obviously, I think for Washington, they said it would be Buffalo, which, you know, we've already got a, a <laughs> difficult schedule next season. The last place I want to be going in the middle of December is Buffalo on the road. I mean, where are you sitting with the whole 17th game, my friend? I'm going to respond to your Buffalo comment first, and I'm going to say to that, bring it on. 
No, I'm I, I'm serious because no, I I want to go against the best and show what we got. And yeah, you know, champions aren't afraid. You know, I, I'm I'm never gonna be like that with my football team. Who I don't want to. No, 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 no. I meant purely because it's gonna be fucking freezing. Oh well, um, yeah. yeah. Fuck off, man. Who gives a no, shit? No, I'm English. We're pussies. You know, I'm not used to this cold weather. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Uh, but Maddie, see, I apologize when you're listening to this, Maddie. I didn't mean to cuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, this is the, not we are now. To, to, answer, to answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea of having an odd number of mm-hmm. games just because, uh, with the, as long as you don't have ties, and I've got some opinions about the ties. and I, I'm just going to say this really, really quick. I like that we changed the overtime rule from the old sudden death that it was, but yep. it has given rise to damn ties. You know, all these ties have happened because of the reason why these ties are more frequent is because of these damn, this, this new overtime rule mm-hmm. and the way that you play the overtime now. Uh, and I hate that regular season games are ending in a tie. I don't think it, sh- it it should be that. I think we should eliminate ties altogether. Uh, but that's I, a different a conversation for a different for that, time. But yeah, l- like you said, I, I have a perfect solution for that, but that's a conversation for a different time. Well, she, no, you but can't do that to, to me, my Josh. Point, I want to know. Well, my, <laughs> Let Freddie make his point, and then, Josh, you're well, telling I, me your what solution. What I wanted to say about this is, is not counting ties. The nice thing about having an odd number of games is that you have Half the league with a winning record, half the league with a losing record, period. You mm-hmm. don't have anyone who's who's eight and eight. You know, you're either you're uh-huh. either you're either nine and eight or or you're uh, seven and nine. Good maths, well done. Or no, seven and <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Shit, whatever. I, I, I get whatever. that. You're not like eight and eight, five hundred anymore. Yeah, Josh, right? how do you, how would what is your solution then, Josh? while we were talking about it and like if you had to change obviously something in the nfl the way they do the ties and stuff or you don't freddie yeah. i've mentioned too many times wembley stadium tie don't talk to me about that waited years to watch my team play over here and then and we, we still have dustin hopkins why let's not why? <laughs> we should have left him there we should have left him in england we don't we want him. We shouldn't have brought him back, son. Freddie, we, Freddie, we, we, we don't want him, Freddie. Let's, let's, let's not go there, my friend. Let's not go there, Josh. Before we get irate, me and Freddie about. We could have kids. dropped him over the Atlantic. We, we could have, or just left him in the Tower of London. There's many things we could have done, Freddie. Josh, we will try again without Freddie getting irate. Man, the, what is it, your solution it to the tie? Back to that London game. It brings me back to that London game, waking up so early in the morning and eating breakfast and watching the Washington football team tie against the Bengals. But my point, I'll make this really quick, Andy, but um, overtime to eliminate ties, you have these same rules in the first overtime. If it's tied going in to the second overtime, you play college football overtime. Oh, explain that. That's my solution. I feel like that would be the best way to eliminate ties. Are you when you say college football overtime? Are you talking about giving each team the ball at the twenty-five? Or are you talking about yeah? Requ- okay. What'd you say to that, Freddie? Uh, yeah, you're a, you're a, you're like a college that. guy. I mean, I feel like though, if you're gonna, then you might as well just move to a college overtime period. Then there's no point in having the, you know, the first, the regular overtime, the way that you know, the way that we do it. And Andy, to give you some info about the college overtime, so each team just gets the ball at the 25, and you can either kick a field goal or you can score a touchdown, then the other team has to match you. And then if you're still matched after so many overtimes, was it, Josh, is it four, I think it is? Um, I, th- then, I think it's four, then you have to go for two. Then you then you are oh, required wow. like to, to go for a – then you're required to go for a two-point conversion – so that inevitably there has to be a team that that comes out. It cannot end in a tie that way. But yeah. what you end up having is you end up having sometimes these really crazy wild overtimes where we have, you know, overtime after overtime after overtime. And then there's finally there's it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's definitely in some ways it's more exciting, I think, than the pro overtime. Just what we need in Washington, more heart attack football. 
you know. <laughs> like they don't try and kill us every Sunday as it is. I need overtime on overtime on overtime. If you want to watch a great overtime, Andy, go back and watch uh, Virginia Tech versus UVA um, 2000 and, uh, 2018. Okay. Dude, I, 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 I'm going to – I think that was UNC, if I'm not mistaken. No, Virginia Tech versus UVA really? 2018. Did, I, I saw a very exciting overtime matchup between Virginia Tech and UNC – that went into like seven overtimes. I, w- I was there. That was, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was, was a crazy one. That was back in, I think it was 2016 or no, it might have been 2000. It might have been 2015. It was Frank Beamer's last year. But yeah, I was there for that. Wow. Well, it's yeah. definitely something that the NFL could look at potentially. I mean, while we're looking at other things, like, you know, I, I don't want to talk about quarterbacks today, so we're not going to bother. Um, Freddie, what would you change if anything within the NFL? I've never really asked you this. Obviously, you and I talk football on air, off air, two, three, four in the morning. We're always pretty much talking football. What would you guys change in the National Football League? To, I mean, it's already a, a very, very watchable game from our point of view, obviously. But, you know, over here in the UK, people are getting into the game all the time. If you had to attract the neutral and newer fans into it, Freddie, apart from putting it on Nickelodeon and everyone getting gunged, what would you, uh, what would you change? Uh, what would I change about the game or the presentation? I mean, that's a pretty well, yeah. That's I mean, a deep what, question, man. What, yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're getting deep today, Freddie. I would want to. I, I first of all, I'd want more accountability for the officiating of the game, more consistency in the officiating of the game, and with all the modern technology, I understand that the league doesn't want to take the quote human aspect out of the game. I understand that, but. There's got to be a way to create better, at least continuity in the way that games are called and that they're officiated. And I feel like in today's in 2021, if we have the ability to make a right call, we should just do it, Mm -hmm. period. Uh, So I think that's really, really important. And I do think that that affects people being fans of the game, older people, younger people, everybody. I would like to see more. I would like to see more from the NFL as far as um, the NFL really, really being part of their fan communities and not just to what I think in a, in a large degree is just a, I think they just play lip service to a lot of social justice initiatives. You can't on the one hand say that you support your players and, uh, everything that, that your players are about with what they do in their communities and, and, and everything else. And then at the same time, just want to over-regulate the, your players to the point where you completely take their voice away from them. You know, I think it's kind of a, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in the NFL that I would get rid of. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents. Josh, what are you thinking with the uh, NFL man that, you know, watches a lot of football, talks about a lot of football on his, on his podcast? What would you change within the league to make it more? I would really find it enjoyable, but like Freddie said, there's always something that the league can look at to to change it. They've obviously, I know, I know, I mocked it earlier, but they tried to get kids involved this year. The, the New Orleans Saints game was on Nickelodeon. I sat down with my eight year old daughter and watched the highlights. She absolutely loved it. Yeah, I I I actually like that Nick coverage. It was- <laughs> There are a lot of memes on Twitter after a player dropped the f bomb or stuff like that. But I was like, I mean, I, I mean, if I was an eight year old kid, I'd enjoy it. So yeah. stuff like that to get younger fans involved, I like that. And uh, but bouncing off Freddie's point just briefly, I really um do agree with the fact that they are like doing a lot of lip service. I really agree with that fact. And uh, I mean, the NFL could go out and make a difference and um but i i mean other than that the my overtime rule um i would really like to see that changed hopefully soon it should be it should be called I mean, the that, kirby rule if it comes in <laughs> that that'd be nice that'd be nice but it, you know that's just an idea i've been thinking about some people listening to this podcast might think I'm an absolute joke and I shouldn't be podcasting, but that's just my opinion. I feel like there should be one 
uh, what's overtime now? 10 minutes in the NFL, like one 10 minute quarter battling it out. If you can't determine the winner, then do the college football. But okay. other than that, that's pretty much my only thing I change. Yeah, most definitely. Well, gentlemen, it's been a, it's been another pleasure to sit down and talk some football with Josh. I'm glad we've had you on the uh, on the podcast. Josh, tell our listeners where they can find your podcast, my friend. Uh, my podcast, the Kirby on Sports podcast. I don't just cover DC teams. My logo is a representation of where I'm from. I cover just about anything and everything. And I, I, I do like to talk about DC sports occasionally. I've been getting a lot of guests on. You can find all social media streaming platforms, anchor.fm, Spotify, Google, everything. Um, YouTube, check out our YouTube page. We're doing a lot of great work there. Um, just type in the Kirby on Sports podcast. And, yeah, you know, we're just continuing to grind. And I, I really appreciate you having me on, Andy. My absolute pleasure. Uh, my absolute pleasure, my friend. Freddie, when are you and Maddie back chopping it up on the amazing HT We Are podcast? Do not tell me I have got to wait three weeks. No, Andy, you don't have to wait three weeks, uh, but you are going to have to wait uh, just a little bit. Uh, Maddie and I are taking a little bit of a vacation this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. There'll be a new episode out, so it'll be a week from uh, a week from Tuesday, and we have a really, really great guest lined up. I can't say who it is, um, but he. If anything's a- to go by, it's got to be Ron Rivera. You've got you've done Jack Del Rio, Freddie. You amazing, amazing show, my man. Yeah, was, the Jack Del Rio yeah. and interview, one of the best I've seen. I'm expecting Ron Rivera awesome. or Dan Schneider to turn up. If they don't, I'm not listening. <laughs> oh my god! Oh well. Again, I can't. I can't say who it is, but uh, but we got a, a really cool guest lined up uh, for for uh, for a week after. A week after Tuesday, um, so we'll have that out, and then uh, we've we've got, like I said before, we've got some really really cool stuff planned. Um, we've got big big stuff in the works, especially when we come into March and everything else. And then uh, you know, obviously, it's uh, Maddie Jane and myself as always. So yeah, you know, we always have something to argue about. So cat and dog, Tom and Jerry, everyone's always got something to argue about, guys. Josh, thanks so much, my man. Freddie, pleasure as always, buddy. No doubt I will speak to you guys soon. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on Wednesday with the DC Tweet Team podcast. This has been episode 87. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.